show, brunch, food and drink reporter Andrew Dembina caught up with Adrian Bridge, CEO of the Fladgate Partnership and WOW, the cultural district in Porto, Portugal, while he was visiting Hong Kong last week. Now, they discussed trends in port wine and the development of the new cultural district in Porto, which is in the north of Portugal. Hello, Andrew. Uh, my name is Adrian Bridge. I am the CEO of the Flatgate Partnership, which is uh, a business based in northern Portugal in Porto. We started out from the company Taylor's Port 331 years ago. We're still a family business and um, it's a pleasure to be here in Hong Kong. Even though Hong Kong and Asia may traditionally not be port drinkers, the association with the British rule of Hong Kong and I guess also the Portuguese in Macau brings a certain interest into port in this part of the world, doesn't it? Well, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, port is uh, one of those great wines. It's one of the few wines in the world that actually uh, is named after a city, in this case, the town of Porto. And and obviously with the trade that has uh, driven the activity here in Asia through you know, Macau historically with Portugal, but obviously here in Hong Kong. People have been enjoying you know, fine wines from around the world, and this is one of the great wines of the world. Some people who have been to Portugal tend to go to Lisbon, although, of course, Porto and the Douro region of wine production is a place that people keen on wine visiting should go to. And you have just opened a great new facility. Tell us about that. Well, you're absolutely right that, that people logically think about going to Lisbon because it's the capital. But in the north, in Porto, which is really the, the city that dominates, not the second biggest city in the in the country, uh, historically it's the city where all the trade happened and it's still dominated by business. And it's also, as you mentioned, it's a gateway to the Douro Valley. And the Douro Valley is um, one of the most extraordinary wine regions in the world. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site, as indeed the town of Porto is. And, you know, we've reorganized our port business to remove from the very heart of the city, the city center, where... We had warehouses that were aging our port. We've taken that out. We've put those warehouses now close to the, the wineries in the Douro Valley and been able to replace that with some museums, restaurants, shops, and really created an entire cultural district which any visitor to the city can go and visit and be enriched by the offer that we have. I actually covered this when you opened, which was two or three years ago. It sounded like an amazing facility. A lot was spent on the reconstruction within warehousing to make museums. There are nine restaurants and wine bars. Are you really appealing to those who have a specific interest in food and drink or would there be something for the more general visitor? Well, I think there's certainly something for the general visitor because in any city to have a concentration of museums and experiences in, in one location certainly makes it easier for the visitors. Uh, we have one, for example, that tells the story of the city of Porto and the region. So we also have ones connected to wine and other things. I think the important point is that the destination of Porto is a very rich destination. There's incredible history, there's incredible architectural tradition, there's a lot of food tradition, there's wine tradition, clearly, because we are one of only three uh, cities in the world that have got a wine named after us. You know, you think of Bordeaux, Jerez, Sherry, and um, you know, the city of Porto making port wine. So anyone coming will certainly uh, gain a benefit from that. And indeed, 
in the construction that we've made, we've also built what is the best equipped and most modern uh, museum that exists in Portugal at the moment. And uh, recently, for example, we've just had a show coming from Tate Modern in London, oh, yeah. and we're with uh, you know working so we can work with the highest quality um, institutions in the world. We're hoping next year to have something from the Guggenheim from New York, mm. um, and it's this capacity to do it which has been the heart of the world of wine in the heart of the city and it is becoming a cultural district because we think that um, its ability to serve all people who are interested in our destination and the rich history that we have. You mentioned that you and your family have been in court production for some time. It's a few centuries, isn't it? Yes, it's 331 years um, since we started our company, the original company Taylor's, back in 1692. And, you know, that was a, a company based on trade of uh, port wine from Portugal up to the UK. Today, uh, with that brand, we are selling it across the world in 103 countries around the world. Uh, is focused at the top end of the port quality range, and I think has been something that remains attractive and interesting. I know that one trend that I've covered in my food and drinks reports on this radio station, uh, white port and tonic, is something that has become a bit of a trend in Europe in recent years. Is that right? Well, that's absolutely right. I mean, we. we we, in fact, uh, Dick Yateman, who was uh, part of the company back in the 1930s, he created uh, dry white port. It, he called it the Taylor's Chip Dry. But, but the idea is that it's a dry white port produced in the Dura Valley. And at the time, um, the, the motive, as we understand it, was that he wanted an alternative to the Fino Sherry, uh, which was yeah. being produced in, in Spain. And through in the 1930s, it was difficult to get hold of. So he made this. Uh, amazing wine. We continue to sell it and more recently we've been in fact pre-mixing it with tonic water in order to show people just how to perhaps enjoy it. So it's a fantastic thing on its own as an aperitif or indeed paired with starters. It's been served in Asia and in Hong Kong because um, it's something that is often chilled and suits the climate. Well I think that's true. Dry white port mixed with tonic water is a very refreshing aperitif and remember that if you're going to go on from that aperitif to have a dinner which we are going to consume wine the ability to start the meal with a grape based product and then go on to yeah. to have wine you're not mixing too many things right um, it is interesting then that your family has been involved with ports and in Portugal for over 300 years what is that British connection with port all about they're having the port at the end of a dinner traditionally for centuries where does that come from and how did British families get involved in the production of port in Portugal well, so the, the history between uh, Portugal and Britain uh, goes back, in fact, 650 years. So we're celebrating this year the treaty that connected the two countries. I was in an event uh, in uh, June of this year with His Majesty the King, where we were celebrating uh, this 650th anniversary. And it's the oldest uh, trading alliance that exists in the world. Um, logically, from that, there's been the connections between the two countries. So over three centuries ago, I guess it was logical that our founders 
uh, travelled from London to Portugal to um, buy the wines from the region and then ultimately pioneering the ownership of uh, vineyards. Right. We bought our first vineyard in Portugal in 1744. And the style of wines coming from Portugal, these fortified wines, these richer wines with all this, this power and, and fullness and sweetness and, 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 and really, uh, you know, one of the beauties of port wine is the uh, ability to pair it with so many different uh, things. You've mentioned obviously the dry white port, but if we think of uh, a late bottle vintage pairing with a nice rich chocolate, for mm. example, or an aged tawny. Aged tawnies are something that we consume chilled. We, we keep our 10-year-old or 20-year-old tawny in the fridge. Um, and so for a warmer climate, that again is a, is a perfect chilled drink. Right. Uh, I mean, it has to be said that even though it may not indigenously go with um, the climate of this part of the world, that's cheese and small production cheese has also become more popular in Asia. And while the pairing of port with certain cheeses has been known for a long time, um, I think it's probably something that is appearing more on menus in the last decade or so in Asia. Well, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, we've obviously had the Taylor's you know, vintage ports that have been consumed with uh, Stilton as a, is, is a great example um, of, of a pairing. I think this is all about the fact that if you get a really good pairing of a food and wine, whatever the wine is, whichever country it comes from, um, with a particular food type, you really can enhance. So it's one of these situations where one plus one equals three. You get a, you know, a great cheese, you pair it with a lovely 20-year-old tawny port, and you end up with an extraordinary experience and flavour profile. And I think, in a sense, if we go back to you know what we're trying to do with the world of wine in Porto, um, is the, you know that this this cultural district we've created is really to show, showcase uh, you know the all of the uh, knowledge and the uh, accumulated experience of of pairing great foods and wines, of giving people an understanding, uh, having the restaurants there, which allow them to explore the flavour yeah. profiles. And and that to me is all about you know an enhanced experience and if you can give people a great experience then you end up um, giving them something that they remember something that that that's important you know we all have our daily lives which are, are perhaps sometimes filled with the mundane when we go on our holidays uh, we want to go and do things that are different and extraordinary and memorable then you talk about um, the connection between Britain and Portugal and and I've mentioned that it's a 650 mm. year relationship um, there's obviously Obviously, a strong trading relationship between Portugal and uh, this part of Asia yeah. uh, that goes back many, many centuries. And I think that for anybody who is um, spending their time, you know, on a holiday, um, coming to Europe, you know, that this this short little hop over to Portugal, to the north of Portugal, to Porto, to experience this incredible uh, culture, this uh, history, uh, these great foods, these great wines. Um, you know, it's a fantastic way to spend. Your time. Well, it really does sound like uh, something that people should consider if they're going to Portugal, not just Lisbon alone. Thank you very much for a few insights there, Adrian Bridge. Andrew, it's been an absolute pleasure to be here in Hong Kong and to have an opportunity to talk to you, so thank you indeed. Sounds great. That was Adrian Bridge, CEO of the Floodgate Partnership and WOW, the cultural district in Porto, Portugal. And he was speaking to Brunch with Noreen food and drinks correspondent Andrew Dembina.